0: Checks, Czechoslovakia, checkers,
1: checkmate,
2: checkmate. I think you used them all. I can't think of any more checks. Check checks balances. What Wait, he started with? Check cereal. Oh, checks and, balance. checks right. and balances. Checks and balances, which checks he came up with. So I'm still, still dead in the water. Yeah, there's not a whole
1: <laughs> lot of things you can use. Or, hang on,
0: checkmate,
2: Czechoslovakia, yeah. Yeah. Czech
0: Republic, Czech
1: Republic,
2: checkers.
1: Yeah, chess, but that's not really check, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> they got the checkers it's like rallies, but it's checkers. Checker burgers. Checker burgers. You were listening to For the Love of God Podcast. For the love of God. God. Podcast. Yeah. Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk, play games, and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! Oh, hello. It's a... Gorgeous day here in Ohio, that's
0: for sure. A little hot.
2: A little hot, but beautiful.
0: I'd like to dip my toes in the
2: baptismal pool right about now. (laughs) Well, we're in air conditioning. Provided it's cool water. (laughs) (laughs) Those folks out there in outreach are going to be, probably have red faces by the time they're done with this. Probably so. Yes. So, folks, we are back. This is Jason with For the Love of God podcast, and I am here with Pastor Rick Riga and Nathan Jewell. Fellas. Hello. Hello. How was your week?
1: So far, so good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Long day at work today.
1: uh Just a little long in terms of time. Trying right. To get a little too much done.
2: Wear you out? A little bit. You sit at the kitchen table or the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I smell jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know.
0: Well, only because we probably drove, uh, well, I drove, I, I drove 35, no, actually this morning it took me about 45 minutes to get to work because of the, well, just traffic. I mean, there was, I don't, there was no accidents. Bummer. Just, it just, it just <laughs> took forever. Oh, an interesting thing that happened today, I actually had to follow a SWAT truck in route. Ooh. And it's funny, it wasn't really speeding. Its lights were on. It was doing about five mile an hour over the speed limit. Hmm. So I just kind of crept up a little bit so I could kind of stay with it, so I could kind of see where it went. Right. Then it heads south to Columbus. But I've never seen a SWAT truck.
2: I wonder if that was a timing uh, issue. Like, I need you here, but not too quick. Is that kind of like being an ambulance chaser? (laughs) Something like that. Oh, you ever seen that movie? (laughs) I have not. Are you on about? No, I don't. It's called... um, (laughs) Oh, it's got the guy with the big eyes, yeah, um, the guy with the big eyes. I have no idea what you're doing it's uh <laughs> you know what I want to look it up while you're doing the your news. And, okay, that's fine, but it's uh he's an aimless chaser, he's a photographer, and he chases ambulances and takes pictures of accidents and whatnot, and something or other happens and something or other happens and it gets pretty dramatic, yeah, well, dramatic. Okay. So see.
0: speaking of dramatic, man, today was tremendous. I knew that I couldn't go to outreach tonight because of this whole podcast thing. Mm-hmm. And so I wake up this morning and I'm, I'm kind of bummed because last week we had an amazing outreach, uh, got to share Christ with one person and, um, you know, in the last 40 minutes and it was, it went really well, I got to give him a Bible and some information, gave him some stuff to think about. And I was kind of bummed out that I wouldn't get to do it this week. And so I'm praying, God, give me a chance to just share the gospel day. I realize I'm not going to be out there doing much. I'm going to be at work. And sure enough, I mean, I wasn't even ready for it. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I was ready for it, but. It just hit me, you know, by surprise, and I had this awesome opportunity and got to share Christ with somebody today, and it was like it—you could tell it was very impactful. I mean, I just—it was a—it was a seed watering thing. The, they, the seeds had already been planted. It was more of a seed watering thing, and the, the harvest isn't there yet, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I felt like it was just—it's the best opportunity I've had in like a month. So I'm on cloud nine right now,
2: just from that. That's awesome. Amen.
0: Now, should should they actually harvest, then I—I'll be so excited I won't be able to. You know, we'll have to do this podcast from a air balloon or something because you'll have to
2: get up there where I'm at. There's no emotion there. But okay, huh? They
0: got batteries. Oh yeah. All right.
2: All right. So uh, I went 40 minutes to work myself, and for a meeting, our monthly meeting that got canceled. Oh. I even, and I had a ton to do. I had a ton to do. I wasn't even to go in if I didn't have to, but I had to. Apparently not. So, uh but I still got some work done at work. So
0: two sorry. hours and no. I'm sorry. That hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do the math in my head. An hour and twenty minutes. Then basically of driving. Yeah. For no meeting. See that would it no would have been better if if Nathan would have had a uh, meeting canceled because. He'd just go back to sleep.
1: <laughs> so I I had to travel today for work as well. About forty steps, and it was uh,
0: that's all. <laughs> I hope there wasn't any
2: tour guys tuckered out.
0: There was traffic. The dog was right in front of me. It took me an extra three seconds to get to where I needed to go. Ah <laughs> oh, well, we're anyway, sidetracked, man, we're let's like a go squirrel with squirrel in the forest. Let's here. do the
2: news.
1: So, my friends, you you might experience a time where standing up and, and sharing your faith is going to cost you something. And one of the things that's one of the promises of America is that you'll be able to speak your mind and you have the freedom to do so here, particularly on matters of religious importance. There was recently a teacher who at a school board meeting stood up. And basically said he was not going to abide by school policy as it relates to transgenderism and people declaring what their pronouns are. So he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Now, at, this, at the school board meeting, here's what this gentleman was quoted as saying. I am speaking out of love for those who suffer with gender dysphoria. 60 Minutes this past Sunday interviewed over 30 young people who transitioned, but they felt led astray because lack of pushback or how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies in just three months. They are now detransitioning and it is not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths we must face when ready. We condemn school policies like 80,40 40 and eighty thirty five because it will damage children, defile the holy image of God. I love all my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first. And I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it is against my religion. It's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. That's pretty strong words. That's huge. That's that's standing up in public Any and taking that. a stance, yeah. right? Um, the school uh, basically... Uh, to recognize his bravery and the honor behind his words, decided that as a result of that statement um, that they were going to term him. Mm. So he took his case to court and won. The school was forced to reinstate him. This was down in Virginia.
2: Let's see here. Fantastic.
1: His name is Tanner Cross. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that you can take a stand for your faith, and it might actually cost you something. You may have to fight for your rights, but if you're not willing to fight, if you rather just be quiet, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing, you may not draw the ire of a culture that is rearing its ugly head, but your rights won't survive. Your rights don't matter if you don't stand up and use them. Mm-hmm. So I want to applaud and pat him on the back for taking a stand Yeah, and then... Forcing the issue in the courts and winning. Yeah. So that's a a very,
2: very good thing. Yeah, that's good stuff. So did he... Okay, so when he won, but uh, he won his job back? He won a settlement?
1: I don't have the full details on that. I do know that the court ruled that Cross had a compelling interest in voicing his concerns. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And that when he was speaking, he was speaking in public uh, during the public comments phase at a school board meeting, which is where that's supposed to be shared. Mm -hmm. Contrary opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not have the full details. This was just uh, this news particularly came out on 831. So I will do some research and find out.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice to hear those stories, but I think we also need to realize that uh, it doesn't always go the way we want it to go. Uh, sometimes when we do the right thing, we stand up for rights. We stand up for what's right. Uh, sometimes we lose and we've got to be willing to take that risk.
1: And, uh, it's funny you should mention that because in, in, according to this article, I'm referencing, uh, despite the outcry from parents and teachers, the school board pushed ahead with adopting a spate of new transgender policies, basically to indirect opposition to what this gentleman was standing for.
0: Mm.
1: There are, uh, While this was definitely a significant win for religious Americans rights, the battle still continues.
0: Right. And uh,
2: are you standing up? Good thought. Yeah. Anything else? Nothing on that particular topic. Okay. Thank you. All right. So I think it's time for a game. Let's spin the wheel.
0: What shall it be? Round
2: it goes. and go. Ooh. And... Ooh. Oh, an extra click. Okay, and the game is... Multiple choice.
0: Multiple choice. Hey, I got through school with that, so might be able to survive tonight.
1: Yeah, a little bit of game theory helped helped me as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you don't know the answer, go for C.
0: <laughs>
2: go for C. Go That's for right. C.
0: All right. My answers are C. C.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, who's gonna go first? All of the above. We will spin the bottle. Oh, for crying
0: out loud! Looks like it's gonna be closer to you, I guess.
2: All right. Rick, question number one out of ten. True. C. I came that they may have a life and may have it blank. Eternally, more abundantly. Freely or abundantly. More abundantly. C D. (laughs) You are correct. Nathan, I came that they may Oh, that's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Go. You're giving
0: him the answers and me the questions. I don't like. No, me.
2: I always. I, I, yeah. I call. Schneider. I was repeating what you did. I uh, had. Okay, take Aaron and Eleazar, his son, and bring up, bring them up to Mount Horam and strip Aaron of his garments and put them on blank, his son. This is dumb. I to give you a different one. The name of his son? Is that what it's supposed to they be? They just told you that in the question. <laughs> or maybe it's a trick. Nadab, Adihu, Abihu, Ele- Eleazar, or Ithamar. I'll Pick Eleazar, see what it says. Yeah, that's the dumbest thing well, I've ever seen. i
1: taking that point.
2: Pastor Rick, it's your turn. 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Lot had two angels staying over. When the men of Sodom wanted to break in, the angels struck the men with what? Sores, blindness, madness, swords.
1: <laughs> there was swords on that list twice. Sores, sores, sores. Okay,
0: I got it.
2: Thing you. is, I just read this
0: literally like two days ago, and I don't recall.
2: Can you read the question one more time? The
0: whole story is like playing out vivid in my mind, but I don't remember being
2: struck. Lot had two angels staying over. A sleepover. When the men of Sodom they wanted, to, come wanted to break in, the angels struck the men with what? Sores, blindness, madness, swords.
0: Wow, that's crazy. I guess I wasn't reading very good. I literally read this. I'm thinking, because I was the whole, you know, it's probably because I was still like on that whole kick about he offered his daughters. I'm thinking, who would do that? I would be like, no. I mean, obviously he knew they were angelic. He knew they were heavenly. So uh, he was trying to do the right thing. But how could you offer your daughters? Take our daughters. These men are evil.
1: I will tell you that uh, if you look at the New Testament in Matthew, it teaches that your love for, Christ should look like hatred in comparison when you're comparing your love for your family to your love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So you see that particular story in uh, the Old yeah, Testament. But that's filling it out.
0: Still, that's hectic. Uh, so, yeah, and I can't remember. So I'm going to say madness.
2: That's what I'm thinking. It's blindness. That's, is it? Yeah.
0: That's yeah. what I was That's what I was actually going to say, but it I thought, no, blindness. I'm going to
2: say madness. both yeah. small and great. That's all right. I don't remember that story.
0: I mean, I don't remember that part of the story. That's terrible. Going to go Are back and read it score?
2: tomorrow.
1: Okay. I guess I can keep score.
2: Okay. Uh, you got two. He has one. Four questions in. Well, actually, I don't have two. You're yeah. about to give me my second one. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's one one. Three questions. So he still ticks. Okay. Come on. Um. Keep track of the question count. Okay. I am. Okay. How many women named Mary or mentioned standing at Jesus's cross? One, two, three, or four.
1: That's tricky. I know it's at least two.
2: I, 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 at it least, has to be just two. At right? least
1: two. However, I have a feeling that there's one I'm not remembering. I'll go with two. It's three, isn't it?
2: Yep. Yeah, I kind of figured it was one of the other wives. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary, Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. See,
1: the wife of Clopas. Who remembers the wife of Clopas? Not
2: you. Apparently, <laughs> no more than I remember. Something I figured it that
1: I was just something read. tricky, just like that. I figured <laughs> I should have should have trusted my gut and gone with three. All
2: right, okay, Rick. When Elijah? Maybe Alicia. <laughs> When Alicia, Elisha, 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 say Elisha, E L I S H A, yeah, Elisha Elisha. Elisha, 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 yeah. When Elisha was mocked badly by some use, what did he? What did he do? Forgive, fly away, curse, or nothing? Nothing. Oh, it's mocked Baldy. Oh, they mocked. said Baldy. Uh, when Eli- Elisha was mocked, Baldy, by some use, what did he do? Forgive, fly away, curse, or nothing? I think nothing.
1: I love this story. Hey, Baldy. <laughs> they cursed him.
2: Why would you curse him? Cur- sir. He looked behind him and saw them and cursed them. In the, nor- in the Lord's name. And then a bear came out of the woods and mauled them. <laughs> and two female oh, yeah, bears came yeah, out of the yeah. woods okay, and mauled Okay, that's all coming back now. Yeah, yeah. Forty-two yeah. of the youths. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's right. That's awful. Second Still Kings. seems pretty accurate. Do
1: not mock a man of God.
0: Uh, I, I wow. guess
2: not.
1: Wow. Elisha was one of the major prophets.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got an X on that one. Yep. When Daniel was deported to Babylon... How many kings did he eventually serve? One, two, three, or four? Hmm. Three. Three. I think it's two. Oops. Mm-hmm. Total of four. You're incorrect. Daniel served a total of four kings. All right, so there's Nebuchadnezzar,
1: Nebuchadnezzar his son. And then there's Cyrus.
2: Belshazzar. 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 Darius. Darius. And Cyrus. Mm -hmm. Cyrus.
1: Ah, Crap, I should have known better than that.
0: Yeah. I think you're giving us the wrong question. We should invert these questions. Invert them? Yeah, because
1: I've known his and he's known mine. (laughs)
0: Let's
2: try that. Think of that. (laughs) All right.
1: All right, give me the next one.
2: (laughs) The word of the cross is blank to those who are dying, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. Who is that to Rex? The word of the cross is blank. Useless, foolishness, marvelous, or weakness. Foolishness. Correct. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are dying, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. First Corinthians. Nathan, so how many questions have we done?
1: Uh, This will be my fourth one.
2: Okay. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Nineveh. (laughs) Nineveh. I mean, what am I supposed to do? It's a nine in a bay. (laughs) Nineveh. So Jonas arose and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's word. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city 3 blank journeys across hours days miles or stadia
1: why do i get questions like this
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a goofy question
1: it, it is i'm sure it says in the bible like what the distance of yeah. of Nineveh was nineveh but I know it was a great city. He went up over a rock, so I'm assume it's.
2: It's be more than a mile. It has to be more than. Days. More than a
1: mile, more three than, days,
2: is more than, than a long day,
1: long way. I have no idea what a stadia is, so I'm half tempted to.
2: Three miles to isn't very long. Yeah. Oh, well, what's a stadia? Oh, well,
1: three miles might have been much for That's back
2: then. The big, how big a stadium is? Maybe. No, <laughs> go ahead, pick stadia. Let's see what happens. Oh, going risky. Wrong. So Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh, according to the Lord's word. Now Nineveh was exceedingly a great city, three days journey and crossed.
1: Yeah, well, I figured it was either
2: days or stadia. That's what I was guessing. I would to guess three days. Okay. Jacob blank Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Angered, blessed, bowed to, or scolded. Jacob angered, blessed, bowed to, or scolded Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. I think blessed. Are you sure it's Jacob? That's what it says.
0: Jacob, well, this would be, uh, this is apparently after uh, they they came in because Jacob didn't know anything about it until after they came to get food. So I'm guessing that since he had, you know, taken care of his son, his son was in power, I'm going to guess he blessed him. Correct.
2: Genesis forty seven ten. 10. Jacob, bless sure, the Pharaoh.
0: You know what I did at that time versus my other two sort of guesses is that I went with my gut instead of trying to overthink it and went with something totally different. In both cases, my gut had the right guess, but it was still guess. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess.
1: Where are we at? Uh, this will be my question number five.
2: And he has? He has five. And he, what was his score? Oh, he's got three of them, right? And you have? I have one. You have one. So you're messed up. And you're done. <laughs> your, your ship has sunk. How did John the Baptist die? Beheaded.
0: Correct. Beheaded. Lack of blood flow to the brain. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so our winner... Is Pastor Rick. I gotta say, is that really a win though? Because yeah, out of ten so, questions, uh, we
1: missed five.
2: <laughs> well, he had more than you, so he won. That is that That's is fair. Not really not a lot, lot of dignity, but he <laughs> still won.
0: <laughs> Why thank you? I appreciate that. Awesome.
2: Okay. So it's time for our topic, um, which is the fruit of a Christ follower. Now Rick came up with this topic today, so if you wouldn't mind setting up the the get it going, the conversation.
0: Okay, it- I was see now I was going to say something stupid like, uh, "What do you mean, like oranges or apples?" And, <laughs> and then you had to go on me and tell me that I came up with it. Well, you know, I, I guess I've just been thinking about this a lot recently and to the point where I've actually considered um, um, writing some material, like a small book on it, you know, like a, at least a pamphlet. We'll start out with a pamphlet. <laughs> in fact, I'm definitely going to start out with a brochure and then we're going to move out uh, to use for outreach. But um, this question has come up a lot in people's lives um, and in conversations. I think that we we tend to look at the world and we look at all the people who are going to church and we look at the people that say they're Christians and we think, so that's what a Christian is. And it can turn some people off if they don't live a life that, you know, is really becoming of a Christian. Um, it it can confuse them into not, um, wanting to be a, fo- a Christ follower it can it can confuse them as to what they need to do to become a Christ follower and Jesus said that few would ever find the path he said wide is that gateway to hell it's it's you know it's like a 20 lane super highway to hell and a lot of people find that and it's easy but few Jesus said ever find the pathway the 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 narrow gate to heaven, to God, um, because the road is hard. And I think we forget that we think that this world is just full of, you know, millions and millions and millions of Christians when that's not really the case. Um, we have to see fruit in our life. Jesus said, you would know a tree by its fruit. And if you, if you see no fruit on a tree, you're, you're not gonna, you know, I guess this would be a slight difference in a, you know, if you go out, a woods and you don't see fruit on a tree, you just, you don't know what it is. It's still a tree, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in this case, we know that if you have, well, let's put it a different way. If you go out to an orchard and you know they're all supposed to be apple trees, but one tree doesn't have apples and it has peaches, you know it's not an apple tree because that fruit doesn't look the same. So provided all the trees are producing some sort of fruits, and every, 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 every person produces fruit. It's either good fruit, it's bad fruit, it's fruit of a Christ follower, it's fruit of a worldly person, fruit of an atheist, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're all producing fruit. So Jesus said, you're going to know a tree by its fruit, you're going to know who they are by the way they act, by the things they do, by the things, by the way they talk, by the attitudes they have. And so I, I really thought it would be good for us to just kind of have a little conversation today about fruit and kind of show or help our listeners to understand, number one, what they should be looking at, which is kind of the secondary importance. Uh, and, and the reason I bring that up is just simply because we don't want to be confused. We don't want to be lulled into this, okay, that's all I have to do to be a Christian. First of all, foremost, we should never be comparing ourselves to others anyway. We should only compare ourselves to Christ. But, you know, we easily, we, we often rather look at other people and say, oh, well, I'm at least as good as they are. I'm doing what they're doing, so I must be okay. Um, and so we want to kind of look at people's fruit so that we'll know, hey, should I really be letting them guide me or not? Should mm-hmm. I really be following their path or not? That's probably the most important thing, uh, uh, as far as secondary issue. And then the primary issue is that I want to know personally: Am I really a Christ follower? How many people have, have do you, how many people have you known in your past who said they were a Christ follower, thought they were a Christ follower? went to church, did everything, talked about Christ, but at some point in their supposed Christian walk, they came to the conclusion, wow, I have been completely off track, and they gave their life to Christ, and then you noticed a radical change. I noticed that when I was a kid. I was in a, in a very small uh, church out in the country, and I remember this like it was yesterday— a member of the elder board okay this is a guy who had been gone to this church since pretty much its beginnings his his daughter played piano you know for the she was the worship team basically in this little church <laughs> um he and his wife sang in the quartet um this is a very country church by the way uh, they both sang in the they choir <laughs> they they were church cleaners they were elders i mean it was just you know they were they were really into this church and one night we had uh, it was during a revival and this guy came forward and he said that he had never i mean he wept he was broken you could tell he was broken and he wept and he said he had never truly understood what it meant what it meant to truly surrender to god And so there that night, he surrendered to the Lord, and it was an amazing transition. He went from being just, you know, a guy who goes to church to being a person who was living for Jesus, and it just, it blew me away. And of course, you know, part of me was thinking, wow, how do you trust Christians again? And then the other part was saying, well, you know, maybe I ought to be careful and look at my life, you know, a little closer, So uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, reminds us, hey, we should have a sane estimate of ourselves. We should look at ourselves and evaluate. Even he said, hey, I, I beat my body into submission. I make it do what it needs to because I fear that after teaching all of you and sharing Christ with all of you, that I myself might be disqualified if I don't do the right things. And so I think it is very important for all of us to evaluate ourselves so that we can know that we know. It's not just dumb faith. You know, we're taught that sometimes. Just, just accept Jesus and just believe that you're saved and don't worry about anything else. Just believe. Just believe you're saved. Well, I, don't, I think there's more to it than that if you take an entire, you know, if you look at the entire word of God, Jesus said you can know that you're a Christian. In fact, you know, there's several places where, where it talks about fruit. One of the ones that kind of stand out to me is uh, in 1 John chapter 2. It says, uh, and this was not Jesus' words, by the way. He said, okay, let me see. I just lost it. Uh, And we can, starting in verse 3, and we can be sure that we know him. So know him, meaning we are we have a relationship with god we are saved we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments if someone claims i know god but doesn't obey god's commandments that person is a liar and not living the truth but those who obey god's word surely or i'm sorry truly show how completely they love him that is how we know we are living in him Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And so this passage basically says, hey, if you are obedient to God, you can be sure that you're saved. Now, I guess uh, I'm going to throw this out as a question now. So, you know, where it sort of sounds to me like this is uh, not about faith and about grace anymore. It sounds like it's works based. So what do y'all
2: think about? Yeah, that? it sounds too much like workspace. Yeah. That, so
0: how do you how do you dissect that? I wanna kinda of throw it out for discussion.
2: Well, here's how I see it. <clears throat> first of all, it's not workspace, it's faith based, but it's not blind faith. You just don't say you believe and not have it in your heart. Because first of all, God knows your heart and he will not give you the Holy Spirit unless you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you receive that Holy Spirit, you will naturally grow fruit because you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you. And it comes less effortless. And you really, I mean, for me, personally, others, I don't know what others experience. But it was very easy for me to give up things of this world that I was accustomed to doing. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't much of a struggle nor is it it, still within a struggle. Do I, so why do you think
0: it wasn't a struggle for you just because you didn't care about that stuff in the first place or
2: no, because the Holy spirit was inside me and convicting me. Ah.
1: Galatians has a lot to say about this, and sometimes it's really helpful to understand the fruits of the Spirit by looking at what is the alternate, like what are not fruits of the Spirit. And Galatians uh, five nineteen through 21 has an, a list of things that are very common culturally that are not fruits of the Spirit. These are the things that you will see in people who are not possessed by the, the Holy Spirit. Right. So, number one, sexual immorality. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft.
0: And what is the, what is debauchery? Just so uh, for our listeners that might not know what debauchery is,
1: I can give you my connotation. Debauchery is basically uh, delving into deeper and deeper levels of um, impurity. Is probably the best way I'd put it, but if you want to Google the term and yeah, read the actual definition,
2: yeah, it, yeah, it's it has to do with extreme uh, extreme, extreme indulgence in the bodily yeah, pleasures, and indul- especially sexual pleasures,
0: and that it can also include food or whatever. It's basically sex, drugs, alcohol, etc. It's all about just it, what's important to me. Get, just diving into pleasure, which usually leads to deeper and deeper, darker sins. I think
2: another word for it's gluttony, maybe.
0: It kind of, kind to of, a
1: degree. That's a form of debauchery, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: So, anyway, sorry. So, So sexual immorality.
1: Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like.
0: See, that's a lot of stuff that uh, many... Many deal with, I mean, many, you know, just, uh, I want to put air quotes up here. Typical people, right? Uh, one, another one that might, uh, might, we might need to talk about is idolatry. We don't think of ourselves as worshiping idols, but, uh, idolatry is really putting anything before God. Um, mm-hmm. It can be a sports team. It can be uh career habit. It can be a career family members, family member, right. It can be something even that's good. Yeah.
1: So that gives you a pretty good list of things that are not fruits of the spirit. Um, I also want to kind of stress that when you make the, the commitment to become a Christian and the Holy spirit comes into you, one of its primary purposes is, is to change your life its job is to conform us to the image of christ right and it's going to do so um gradually at first it's going to make you have those moments where you realize all right this is not good for me and you're no longer going to want to do those things like jason you mentioned that when you became a christian there were certain things you realized all right this is not right i'm not doing it anymore Mm -hmm. that's the holy spirit making its its presence known and showing the change now. Rick gave an, a good example of an elder of a church that was repentant and there was a change after the, afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would argue that the way that, that the Holy Spirit works is progressively. He'll start at one place and he's going to constantly work on you from that moment until the day you die. And you're never going to reach perfection. But I want to stress that that is no reason not to aim for it.
0: Right. I, I do think it's important, though, to, to understand that even though the Holy Spirit may be working on us, um, you know, I think a lot of times we rest in this, that we we're comfortable in this idea that, well, God's still working on me, and he's going to get me there. No, I agree. And yeah, that's great. Like that that's great. However, have you truly crossed the line of salvation? Have you truly surrendered to the point where you have received the Holy Spirit or is he simply still drawing you? Because there's certainly a difference between sanctification and willing disobedience that's ongoing.
1: Yeah. It's a matter of, of walking through your will or walking in the basically walking in the kingdom. Right. Like, are you being in submission to the spirit or are you doing what you want to do? Right. And for most people, and this is kind of goes back to that argument of like, who's the hardest person to reach for Christ? Well, it's, it's people who think they're Christians, but they really aren't right. You know, it's because they've not yet experienced that brokenness of realizing, Oh crap, I am the problem. Everything that I've done, all my problems are almost directly result of me.
0: Right. And, and you me know, we, trying
1: to do my thing instead of doing what God wants.
0: And I think that's where knowing the fruit is also very important. If, if we just take people at their word, uh, and, and they say, yeah, I'm a Christian. And we say, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put them on a prayer list. I'm not going to try to witness to them. I'm not going to try to help them. What's going to happen is a lot of these people are going to, you know, they're going to be those people that Jesus talks about when he says, there are going to be many comes to me and say, Lord, Lord. And I'm going to say, I never knew you. You weren't obedient. I, you know, go away from me. I, we never, and they're going to say, wait a minute, you know I did you know I did this in your name, I did that in your name, I went to church i had, you had Christian friends, blah blah blah, and he's going to say, "Sorry, I never knew you, you were not obedient, and so I think it's very important that we know the fruit also, and I didn't say this earlier, just so that we can we can look at people's lives and and not look down our nose at them because the Bible warns us about doing that you know it says, don't be messing with you know the speck in their eye until you get the plank out of yours. It's not for that purpose, it's for saying it's it's for the purpose of looking at them saying yeah i know they're saying they're christian but i don't think they know lord right now and so i need to keep praying for them watering the seeds teaching setting example that sort of thing yeah
2: um so go ahead well i just wanted to touch one thing on idolatry because i think a lot of people idolize things and they don't even realize they're doing it yeah i agree so let's i want to make a little example i guess um are you going to talk about how you idolize me? Is that what... <laughs> this
0: is where... <laughs> no. I tried to hit him with that earlier. It didn't fly either anymore than it did just now. Uh, oh. Um,
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's look at, look at it kind of like this. There is a band in town that you love. And you do everything in your power to go to this concert. You call off work you spend your last 40 bucks on the concert ticket, you bum rides from friends, whatever it takes to make it to this show, you'll do it. When's the last time you called off work because you couldn't miss church or you spent your last 40 bucks on giving it to some homeless guy or giving it to your church or right. or whatever? Um, hmm. I bet many of you have never done that but you would for a concert a sports game a movie whatever because you're putting those things before god and that is idol- idolatry yeah that's a good example
0: sometimes they're subtle things that we don't really think about and they're only subtle because we live in the world that Idolizes all this stuff, <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it seems subtle for us, but it's not. So, uh, uh, Nathan, you were sharing uh, the things that aren't. What about the things that are the fruit of the spirit? Because I think sometimes we, and I even do this. I kind of, I, I, I look at these this fruit of the spirit that's mentioned in Galatians five, and I think, well, that's not it because there's going to be other fruits, but these things all lead to them. So, can you share those real quickly?
1: Yeah, it's actually the same passage. So it starts in five nineteen and twenty one. Uh, 519 through 21 with the, the negative qualities. And then starting in 22 and 23, it talks about the posit- positive qualities. Mm-hmm. The positive qualities are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. However, this is not, these are concepts. That's what these are. I'll give you an example. Self-control can manifest in several different ways. Mm-hmm it's the alcoholic who realizes he has a problem and decides I can never touch alcohol again. Right. But that that's specific to that person. It's the person who struggles with pornography, who turns their back and walks away and never falls victim again.
0: Well, and on the flip side, it's the person who, uh, goes to church faithfully, even though he wants to sleep or she wants to sleep in. Uh, it's the person who, uh, continually goes and, and does ministry even though they'd rather stay home and play xbox you know i mean that discipline it comes in various forms as you said
1: so when you think about these concepts that are listed as positive qualities you know love there are many different expressions of love and all of them are good same thing with joy and peace and patience and kindness so you're going to see these concepts manifest in the lives of believers who are walking the path. And it's going to be attractive and it's going to be obvious.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, as I think about that list, I think about probably the number one fruit. And I've been thinking about this, as I said, for a number, excuse me, a number of probably, well, years, I think. <laughs> I was going to say day era. Uh, I was going to say months, but it's probably been more like years just contemplating this and i really i've come to the conclusion that one of the the number one fruits i suppose that we can look for which is really a manifestation of several of those fruit facets of fruit i guess at the holy spirit and i say that because these the spiritual fruit is not something we pick and choose sometimes we think that well, I have love. You have peace. You know, this person has joy. This person has, you know, self discipline. No, there it's it all of it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He produces all of those things if we give him control, uh, which also implies that we have to have the Holy Spirit. We can't do these things on our own. But what, what I believe to be the ultimate common culmination of all of those things. And what I look for now more than any other thing is when a person says, I'm a Christian, I ask them, I used to ask them, do you go to church? Well, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Uh, So I stopped asking that. I started asking ministry, but then, you know, people would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I do ministry. Well, what do you do? Well, I, I I'm an attendant in the parking lot once every six weeks.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an a, usher. Right,
1: I want to take a moment and pause there and say that's a great place to start. If that's where you're stopping your advancement in ministry, yeah.
0: <laughs> right? I think there's much to it, much more to it than that. Or I'm an usher. You know, once every eight weeks, uh, I show people to their seat. You know, yes, it's good to be loving, but there's certainly more to it than that. So, um, now where was I heading? I was heading somewhere. Oh
1: yes. You were about to tell us what I, you do. What what look I do for.
0: Look, yeah. So I, I used to look for all those things. And now the first question out of my mouth is how many people are you currently discipling? Because I think if you, if you say you have love and we know that it's a fruit of the spirit, we know that The Bible says that God is love, and if we know God, we will love. If we don't love, we don't know God. It's that simple. I don't know how we can think that we have the answer to all people's problems. I don't think it's possible for us to believe that we have the secret to eternal life with God. The, basically, the cure for the worst disease ever to plague mankind, and that is eternal separation between us and God, to eventually experience the second death, which being thrown into the lake of fire. If we believe that we have the cure and the answer to that, and we don't share it, how can we say we are filled with love? I mean, how evil do we got to be? How lazy do we got to be? Right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, don't be lazy, but always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Well, what are we going to do? Well, Jesus, you know, as he was heading out of Dodge, his last marching order to his disciples, which are to all disciples, was go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to do all the things I've taught you to do. And one of those things is to what? Go make disciples. That is how the church grows. He said that because it was important. He said it was because it was his life. We, we just read it earlier. It says, those who are be obedient to him and say they're Christ followers ought to live as Jesus. Well, now, what does that mean? I believe that means to have the same focus as him. And what was his focus? Doing the will of the Father, building the kingdom in strength and in numbers. That was his goal, and that's what he wants of us. And so I believe, you know, let's just kind of put it into current terms. I was kind of talking to Jason about this before we started. Let's say, Jason, you develop cancer. Mm -hmm. And you find out it's terminal and they can't do anything about it. There's just no, no way to cure it. It's stage whatever. I don't. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the four. four, I guess, is the bad stuff. Okay, that's the bad stuff. So let's say stage four cancer. There's nothing they can do about it. So you say, well, you know, uh, enough of this chefery, sheffing. <laughs> sh- <laughs> what are you a chef you- <laughs> So enough of this stuff. Uh, you know, a few more dollars isn't really going to help me. So I'm just going to quit my job, and I'm going to down into my lab, and I'm going to see what I can come up with. It's, you know, it's worth a shot, right? Because I have a lab. Because he has a lab in his basement, of course. It's in a black fact, lab. It's a black lab, that's right. <laughs> so let's just say for the sake of this silly story that, that Jason goes down into his lab and, you know, and he does all of his little chemistry experiments and whatever, and he starts injecting himself because what's he got to lose? He's dying anyway. Right. And out of nowhere, he develops a cure for cancer. He starts feeling better. Everything is looking good. So he goes to the hospital and he says, Hey, I need to be tested. And they're like, no, look, you're, you're getting worse. Okay. He says, no, I'm feeling better. Do some X-ray. So they do an x-ray. They do, you know, MRIs, cat scans, what all those things, whatever those things they need to do to figure it out. And they see that he has no cancer. He has now found a cure to cancer. He has two approaches. Now, two things he can do. He can, Take that, that cure, and he can go out and make it available to other people, or he can just go on with his life and live it out. Well, how evil would he have to be to not share that with other people with cancer? You know, I, I've told that story to many people, and they're like, well, yeah, that would be horrible, but, you know, but think about it. You got to like convince people you got to you got to. Con- and you're not even a doctor. You you found this stuff in your basement. You made it out of, you know, I don't home chemicals. cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to convince people they're going to argue with you. And then even if they do you, it, in order to sell it to them, you're going to have to do it to do it legally. You got to go through the FDA. I mean, that's just a lot of work. Wouldn't it be easier just to let them all die? And much. you know what? Everybody still always unanimously says, yeah, that would be evil if you didn't at least try. Well, you know what? That's just a simple life that lasts up to 120 years at best. We have the cure to eternal death. And we have a way to make a person go on and on and on forever and live in the glory of, of their maker in a perfect place called heaven, how evil would we have to be to not make that our number one priority? And Jesus says, that is your number one priority. So, you know, and there's so many other, I mean, there's so many other reasons. I've thought about this so long and I've actually gone through and written them down and I didn't bring them here today, but reasons why, you know, that would be really the number one indicator. It's about love. It's about, you know, the fact is Jesus said, uh, when he was asked, what's, what are the, what's the most important commandment? Love God, love others. How can I say I love God if I don't do what he said, which is go make disciples? How can I say if I love others if I don't, if I just let them die and go to hell? Even if it costs me something. So, uh, you know, and then in addition, when you put all this stuff together, and I guess I'm going to kind of go full circle and go back to the very first verse, uh, that I shared here. It, remember, in fact, let's read it again here. It said, um, if I can get to it quickly, it says, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Now, again, that sounds like works. All I got to do is obey the commandments and I'll go to heaven. Well, here's the thing. You can't. In fact, God gave us the entire Old Testament to prove to us that we can't do it on our own. So if you even try to go out and just do everything right, follow all of God's commandments, you are going to fail. Does that make sense? Do you mm-hmm. all agree with that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would even add that if you know, through the through the power of recognition, some people will attempt to manufacture these qualities in their lives. Right. And it's gonna it's gonna look it it's not gonna be real and, and it's gonna be easy to spot with just a little bit of review.
0: Right. It might look better than maybe your average worldly person, but certainly isn't going to look supernatural, which is what it is.
1: Right. And when we say fruits of the spirit, it, it's all in the name. It's not about the person that's doing these things. It's the spirit that is doing these things in the person. Right. And if if you're trying to operate and do these things under the power of your own influence or, or just grit and determination.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: you're missing the mark. Because those are the people that Christ said, get away from me. I never knew you because they were trying to do it under their own power. That's the workspace faith that we're telling you. This is not the answer. It's not a workspace faith. It's, it's a faith. It's a matter of grace. And our faith is not one that is just this follow this list of rules. Now, that being said, when the, when the spirit comes into your life and you yield, He's going to tell you, all right, this isn't good for you. And you're going to want to obey out of love. And it's going to look like rules to people on the outside, but that's not what it is. It's submission.
0: Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of where it goes here. It says, uh, we can be sure we know him if we obey his commandments. Well, one, because if we truly are a Christian, we aren't doing it on our own anymore. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. In fact, the Bible says that God gives us both the desire and, and the power to do what pleases him. We've got to cross over the line of salvation and receive the Holy Spirit, or we're dead in the water. We're never going to do this stuff. And then it's really on him. He's going to help us. He's going to give us the desire and the power. But then it goes on in verse four, it says, if someone claims I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living uh, the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. You see, once we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and at that point, we know that we know. I mean, it becomes really obvious. He convicts us, as you said, Jason. Mm-hmm. He leads us, he gives us power to do stuff we, didn't, we wouldn't have done before. And at that point, we begin to operate not out of a sense of, I need to earn my salvation, but now it's like, I just love you so much, Lord, I want to do everything in my power to please you. And it all becomes about love. And that's why I believe Jesus said the most important thing is to love God and to love others.
1: Can I take a moment and kind of build off what you just said there? Sure, absolutely. Notice the the word love that's used there. In modern language, love has multiple meanings. Absolutely. But in the Greek, it was a very specific meaning. If you look at the original Greek that, the, that the, the New Testament is written in, it uses the word agape. Mm-hmm. And what agape, love, means is a choice. It is a, a putting of others ahead of yourself. It is a self-sacrificing right. type of love. And when you have that kind of love toward Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you and you realize that he is more important than me, you're going to start manifesting these fruits, right? And it's not because of what you're doing; it's because of what you're allowing the Spirit to do through you,
0: right? In fact, that that really kind of it, it leads me to uh, to really focus on that word love. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit produces that in us. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I look to you know to disciple making and that sort of thing because it really kind of it's a, it's a it's a culmination of love it, it love drives us to do that it's kind of like the disciples said it's the it's the love of Christ that compels us it just compels us to do these things but once god produces love in us uh, that love is going to turn around and make us want to serve him make us want to serve others and that's going to lead to a lot of great things ministry um Self-sacrifice, as you said, sharing Christ, making disciples, baptizing, that sort of thing.
1: John fifteen thirteen has a really good example of this where it says, greater love has no one than this, the one that laid down his life for his friends. Right. And that's what we're doing. When you consider Christ a friend and you lay down your life for Christ's purposes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: That's love. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, Christ, through the Holy Spirit, will honor your decision and come into your life and begin to manifest and begin to mold you into who he expects us to be. And this is not always an easy process. Sometimes it's downright painful. Like, I don't want to pray for my enemies. I want them to burn in hell. (laughs) Right? But that's our flesh, and we are going to be constantly at war as Christians with our
2: flesh, fleshly nature. But it, like, might, it might be one of the hardest things to the battle.
1: It's definitely one of them. Um, and Pastor Rick kind of mentioned this earlier. You know, it's while it's difficult, he gives us a way. He provides the way for us to to get out of those situations where we might be tempted to sin.
0: Or to get into situations where we can do things that God has called us to do. Correct. Either or. I I, I always find it uh, important to remember that uh, there are sins of commission. Uh, you know, uh, s- s- willful sin, like a murder and lying and, and the such. And then there's sins of omission when God says, go make disciples. And we say no, or God says, use your ministry gift. And we say no, or God says, you know, don't be lazy, but work for me, you know, wholeheartedly. And we don't, <laughs> or that we should not give up meeting together. And we find it hard to get to church, you know, on a regular basis, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think the, the long and the short of it here is that what we're really looking at, what, the real fruit, uh, well, the driving force behind the fruit is really what we're looking for. We're looking for evidence in our life of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that when we make Jesus the Lord and Savior of our life, we get the promised gift, which is the Holy Spirit. And he comes in us and he gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He—that That is the seal. That's the promise. You know, he, I shouldn't say that. He is the promise. He is the seal that proves to us that we are Christians. And so what we're really looking for is not the fruit of our behavior or the fruit of of what you know, Rick can do or Jason can do or Nathan can do or what you can do, listener, what we're looking for is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in us. That's what we're really looking for when we talk about fruit of, of the Christ follower. And so we're looking for things that are supernatural, that are outside of our norm. Uh, we're looking for peace that passes all understanding. We're looking for, you know, do we have the same kind of do we get all bent out of shape when the world is, is chaotic or can we have peace that's supernatural in the midst of chaos? Do we have joy or are we just as anxious and frustrated as everybody else and is our happiness completely based on circumstance? Do we have love that, that causes us to go out and sacrifice our life or you know, our time or our money to go minister to people and share Christ and make disciples? Do we have self-control to be able to say no to those things that aren't good for us or those things that are good for us? Because if we have those things in our life consistently, we likely have the Holy Spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit, we are genuine Christ followers.
2: Amen. And that sounds like a perfect way to st- end this topic. Um, I had more to say, but we're running kind of long. Between the three
1: of us, we always have more to say.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sorry, Jason. It was kind of like um, what you were just saying about making the choices that we know could hinder our walk and, and hinder our growth of fruit. Like, if you have, if you are, if one of your struggles, say, is going out and getting drunk well following christ you know that that's not something that the holy spirit really agrees with um so you but you you find yourself in a situation where your friends are inviting you out and it's a saturday night now you have two choices you can go out with your friends get hammered sleep in or you can say i'll take a pass because you know yourself and you know you can't just go have a couple a good conversation and go home but you take a pass and you get a good night's sleep and you get up Sunday morning and you go to church like you're supposed to like you want to Mm -hmm. I mean so many times people they A want to please others instead of God so they'll go out with their friends and they'll they have those drinks and they don't practice discipline and they have too many and they get hammered and they go home and they sleep in and they miss church so they so many wrong things just happened <laughs> because of one simple decision right whether to stay home or not
0: right and that's about, that's about discipline. It, you know, it doesn't even have to be alcohol. You know, I, I, you don't know how many times as a pastor for 20 some years, uh, how many times I've heard, well, we just stayed up too late last night. So we're sleeping in, Yeah, you know, discipline means going to bed early. You know, I, I don't ever miss church because i make sure that i am in bed if i if there is a great concert uh, i've actually missed a few concerts because they were in cleveland or some ridiculous place and i knew they were saturday night and it'd be wee hours in the morning getting in now could i do it yeah but do i really want i don't even i don't just want to be here i want to be at my best yeah i don't want to sit i you know i again i'm looking the other direction so i see and I know over the years, I've seen so many people who come to church and sleep through half of it. And I'm thinking, you're wasting your time. You should have just stayed home. If you're going to sleep, you know, you want to not only be in church, but you want to be your best. Because you are in the presence of God to learn, to worship, to connect, mm-hmm. to love on him and be loved by him. If you come and you're too tired, you're going to miss it. Oh, yeah. So it's all about, it's, it's about discipline and putting God first, making him that priority. Because yeah. we love him.
2: Yeah. If your brain can barely keep your eyes open, then it's definitely not retaining any information. <laughs> <at
0: all. laughs> uh, I've literally seen people walk into church and they just put their uh, sunglasses on, put their hat down over their head and just crash immediately. And I'm thinking, yeah. now why did you come to church? But what was the point? Just to get a check mark? Because right. God doesn't give no, you don't get check marks you get to church.
2: You don't get points. <laughs> you don't get a paycheck. Oh, um, well. One more thing. Yeah. Uh, before we move on. Um, Making disciples, um, ministering to people, it's so easy now with technology that if you're disabled or you don't really see a lot of people, you don't really get out to the right places, or maybe you may have a, you're just not really comfortable with approaching people in person, um, which I completely understand. I'm actually that way hard to believe. I know. Um, I have my moments, (laughs) but you can start a Facebook group of ministry and you're going to get so many people on there that are confused, that have been taught wrong. You can turn, you know, put them on the right path, show them the right scriptures and you would be amazed how much ministry you can do through social media and it's true
0: if you do it right if you do it right if you do it right there are some right and wrong ways to make that happen so uh it it does take effort especially when you start algorithms work for you certainly
2: yeah and um so you know don't feel defeated like i can't i can't walk around and talk about that i can't do this i can do that you can do a lot more than you think you can and
0: well and also realize that once you start it, it it's like It's really about getting started. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have the heart to do it. But once you have the heart, even if you have fears, you can move past those fears and, and kind of build yourself up. And you might start, you know, with a Facebook or social media kind of thing. And then you feel so good about that and you get more experience. So then you start doing it over text and over phone calls. And before you know it, you know, you're one-on-one in it with friends or hairdressers mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you might not ever be a street preacher or whatever, right. but you know, not I all the called a Yeah. Right. That's not for everybody. Yeah. But w- We're told to make disciples, but we're all going to do it in different ways. So, you know, I think God uses us the way he made us.
2: You know, there's a part of me who wants to grab a microphone and hit the streets. But there's, a, there's another part of me that says, no. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to say? What are you going to say, Jason? You got to read the books and well, study.
0: Well, now, see, now, since you have brought that up on the show, and I want to set a good example, I would say if you feel that that's possibly the Holy Spirit, I say give it a shot. Yeah. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to say, uh, I failed, and that probably wasn't the Holy Spirit. Or you might, the Holy Spirit might really shine, and you might find you had a spiritual gift that you didn't know you had.
2: Mhm. You yeah, know, I mean, always I've got heard to of try that.
1: Try something new just to see if that is the, the Holy Spirit calling.
0: Absolutely. You. And I know true. this is off topic, but you know, I think everybody needs to realize that we are to manifest all of the gifts of the Spirit. But we only have a few of those gifts, one, two, three. I mean, I don't know how many you got. We can have more. We, I know we don't have all of them and we're going to have at least one because the Bible says that. But just because I don't have the gift of giving doesn't mean I'm not supposed to give. Just because I don't have the gift of evangelism doesn't mean I'm, supposed, I'm not supposed to make disciples. So I think when we attempt to manifest those gifts, what we're going to find out is some of them we're not, we're going to do just Average, And then some we might excel in, in ways that we never expected.
2: Yeah. And you don't know which ones those are, if you don't give them a shot. Right. And on top of that, the Bible does say it is good to desire the other gifts.
0: Right. That is right. And lean into
2: them. And there's nothing wrong with failing. If you're trying. Amen. You know, uh, you gave an example at church a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago. um, To throw a paper into a, a basket but you missed but it didn't matter that you missed you tried that's right you and, were obedient right and that's all God wants you to do this give it give it a college try and uh so well
0: think about you know the gift of uh well think of the example of Rick Warren you know past he at least used to i think he's now retired but i'm not sure but anyway he was pastoring like literally one of the largest churches in all America and people say, you know, oh, I bet you knew you were gonna do that right away. No, he actually went to Bible college and his he thought God had called him to be a worship leader. So he wrote songs and was tried to lead worship and it was just awkward. He wasn't doing it. <laughs> and somebody invited him to speak for them at their church. And so he went and did some speaking. And every time he would do the speaking, people would be like, Oh man. When you speak, I really get, something. and he realized, you know what? He, he didn't have the gift of, you know, in the area of worship at all. What he had was the gift of encouragement and teaching. And well, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we might think our gift is in one area and find out since totally some other area. So, I, you know, I just encourage you, Jason, if you're, if you feel God might be leading you that way, Hey, take the risk. You don't know what's going to happen and it might just be something amazing.
2: You never know. Time for songs of the week.
0: Sounds good. <laughs> Break it down.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: I think my coffee's kicking in now. All right, all
2: right, all right. This is the worst coffee I've ever had in my life. It's not very good. It's terrible.
0: It's not very good, but it's still amping me up, so feeling good about it. Yeah. Tastes awful, though.
2: It's awful. We <laughs> we, we could have done that so differently. We should have been like, you know, this coffee's pretty good. Um, it's okay. It's not the worst thing I've had, but I've had better. It's pretty bad it's awful it's terrible (laughs) 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 see now for our
0: listeners you got to (laughs) realize we went to our our thing is we go to the local starbucks here and we get coffee prior to every literally every podcast and today we went over and they were closed probably due to some corona business i don't have a clue who knows and so we decided to take matters into our own hands and it was Jason's idea. I just want everyone to know. And we made our own coffee. I'm like, we like we got a
2: coffee maker at church. We can just make yeah, some. And
0: apparently, we are the worst coffee makers
2: <laughs> alive because it is literally I didn't have the a recipe. Co- <laughs> <laughs> you know, every He's coffee He's a chef, ladies and gentlemen. He's a chef. <laughs> Look, I make food, not coffee. <laughs> I I now because I'm not I'm not fam- every coffee maker is different. It's got a different size basket. You got a certain amount of scoops you put in it. The scoop they had in this thing was a lid to a coffee cup. There's no, <laughs> I know, it was a quarter cup, half cup, full cup. I don't know what goes in it. I filled it up almost to the top.
0: I think that was the mistake. Because
2: that's what I do on my espresso machine. I fill it to the top and level it off, and it's amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is not amazing. This
2: is not amazing. Oh, uh, well. I think it's more of a half full.
0: And I think we're in the middle of songs of the week.
2: This is not a song. <laughs> this is
0: our sad song of sad coffee. <laughs> All my right, song of the week somebody. is black
2: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan?
1: I guess I'll kick us off. So uh, this past Friday, I, I spent some time, well, my wife and I joined Pastor Rick to go to a concert for Phil Wickham, and uh, it was great. It was a worship set. I mean, uh, I, I want to say acapella, but I don't think that's the right word. Acoustic. Just, acoustic. Just, it was acoustic word. set. I, yeah, It was acoustic set. Um, it was... It was very inspiring. And the funny thing is, is both my wife and I were, were like, on the way there, we're like, man, I'm really not sure I want to go to this. You know, it was just it was a long week. Not everything had gone right. And boy, the Lord really knows what you need, doesn't he?
0: It's kind of crazy like that. So apparently he gave you a song.
1: Yeah, that's actually uh, where I'm, I'm getting my song this week. So uh, Phil's got a new uh, album out, and it's the, uh, the title track. It's called Hymn of Heaven. And if you haven't heard it, it's, it's powerful. It's, you know, a lot of the, the worship today, it doesn't sound like something you pick up out of a hymnal, but this particular song sounds like it is sung directly from a hymnal, like a modern hymn. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's beautiful. So one of my favorite lyrics is, and on that day, we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain so there's a lot of really good uh you know check out the song it's it will definitely help you with your worship
0: absolutely and it's uh musically um uh, appealing as well (laughs) I couldn't come up with a word musically appealing all right you got one jason go ahead Go ahead. All right. Well, this week I'm going to go back just a couple of years. To uh, a band called Hyperstatic Union. Anybody familiar with Hyperstatic Union? I've
1: heard the name before.
0: They do funk. Probably from you. They do funk. And it was, a, I, I went to see them actually very, Kind of like good
1: the concert. opening of our, our little segment here. Boom, boom, ba
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. ba And uh, they did a song called Life Giver. Uh, just an awesome song. And I'll share a few lyrics here with you. Um, you gave me love, oh Lord, when I was so unlovable. You gave me peace, O Lord, when I was so restless. You gave me a joyful song to sing when I was so downhearted. You gave me life. You are the life giver. You brought me water to drink when my throat was parched from the sun. You gave me grace, sweet Jesus, when I was dead uh, dead in my transgressions. You gave me brothers and sisters to come alongside when I just can't go on. I just can't go on. You give me everything I need. You are the life giver awesome amazing uh, lyrics but also very catchy little tune if you make it through that song and you're not tapping your you know foot or hand or doing air drums or something then <laughs>
2: you are probably deaf <laughs> right on my mine is uh, first love by chris tomlin um and a good version they listen to is him and kim walker smith doing a duet together oh yeah Um, the lyrics say, you are still my first love and I am still, and all I am is yours. You are still my anchor forever. I'm secure. You are still my first love. You're my guiding light. You're with me in the fire and you lead me through the night. You have my heart. You've won my heart. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. You are my greatest joy. How I adore Jesus. Oh, my soul. Rejoice. Good song. Very pretty. It's very soft. It's great for a Sunday morning. (laughs) All right. So final thoughts.
0: Well, you know, final thoughts. I I actually, uh, I wrote this out before I even knew what we were talking about today, which Ah. is ironic. And you know what verse it was? It was First John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, which I've read twice now tonight. And that was literally. So I, I think God was trying to share something with uh, us and with our listeners. Uh-huh. And that is simply this. Look for the fruit in your life. You can know that you are saved. You can see that fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh don't you know, I was talking to a person today who uh just said, you know, I'm not sure. I you know, I think I'm ready to go. I, I might be ready. I, I don't know. And I'm 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 thinking, all right, don't you want to be sure? I mean, we're not getting any younger. We don't have another day guaranteed to us. We don't know for sure if we're going to make, I mean, you know, we could all get in car accidents tonight on the way home. Um, We could die of heart attacks. Jesus could come back at any point. We've talked about that before. I mean, enough has been fulfilled prophetically that we, there's nothing that would keep him from coming tomorrow or today for that matter, this evening. So with that in mind, be ready. Look for the fruit in your life. If you don't see fruit, don't try to produce fruit. That's the worst thing you can do. That's that's trying to put the cart before the horse. That's trying to to be works driven. Instead, do what Jesus said. Surrender. Surrender yourself fully to the Lord and say, Jesus, you know, you are in control from now on. Jesus said if you want to be my follower, you want to die to yourself. That means it's not my way anymore. I'm not doing my thing anymore. I'm not living for me. Pick up your cross, which means die to yourself. Die to your goals, your dreams, all that stuff. Pick up your cross and follow him every day. That means do what he and the word of God uh, says and make that commitment to him. And ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and save you and give you the desire and the power and then start looking for that fruit. And you can absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt
2: that you are saved. Amen. Well, folks, that is our episode this week. And uh, go make some fruit. Um. Disciple somebody. Teach people about Jesus. Make the right decisions. Listen to God. He will lead you in the right direction. Good night. Say good night, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, night, everybody.